0: Welcome to Digging Deeper in Grace, a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Our goal each episode is to dig deeper into the scriptures with a focus on our most recent sermon. And now let's dig deeper. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Bart Sheridan, and joining me today is Jeremy Kimball. Jeremy recently shared with our congregation a sermon from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1-16, through 16. and in the time we have together today, we'll be discussing that passage and, of course, digging deeper into God's Word. Uh, Jeremy, pleasure each time we get together to discuss God's Word, and, and I, I know I've heard back from people as they've listened to our podcasts, uh, you were the first guy. Yeah, yeah, yes. record with us. And uh, I know people really appreciate the enthusiasm you bring, the depth, and uh, thanks for all your work that you do.
1: Yeah, well, it is just a great opportunity for our church, I think, just to rehearse in the middle of the week, or later perhaps, what God's Word says, and it's a great chance to be able to continue to apply and be doers of the Word, right? It
0: really is. And I, as you and I were praying before we got started here, uh, it's our goal, our desire to see people help them to understand the importance of mm-hmm. being in the Word daily and also to catch some of the excitement that I know you and I have for God's Word and for its application on a daily basis.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, so Jeremy, we've progressed in our study of Matthew to what what I believe, and I, I think you'll agree, it's Jesus' longest recorded sermon, mm-hmm. it's yep. chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew. We call it the Sermon on the Mount, and we're, we're right now talking about the Beatitudes. But uh, while we consider what Jesus says here to be somewhat foundational to daily life, living and as a christian this it seems to be a real departure from what faithful jews of the day were teaching and promoting and now matthew portrays here that jesus's message wasn't going to be what the people had really been accustomed to hearing and how they were living their lives
1: yeah i mean to to look ahead a little bit you see by the very end of the sermon in matthew 7 uh, verse 28, when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. So here, here's a, a teaching. Yes, we're going to see this week, especially when Chris preaches his next section here in Matthew 5 and 6, uh, there's some contrast here to what Jewish people have been hearing that Jesus is saying, look, th- this is... The real teaching of the Torah, the law, the first five books of the Bible in the Old Testament, this is what's truly said by God to live both externally and internally. And internally. Right. You have not seen modeled both realms well by certain parties in uh, the world of Judaism. So um, he is definitely getting, and you're totally right, not just at our behavior, but he's getting to the heart Is your heart in a place where you are recognizing who Jesus is, following him, and then... From that heart, living that out,
0: boy, it might have been true of the Jews of the day. I'm so glad it's not true of yeah. you and me today, and <laughs> yeah, our, right. our church, or anybody around us. Yeah. Oh my! Don't uh, there is nothing new under the sun, Solomon said. Hmm. Well, we have eight or nine beatitudes. You kind of categorize it into eight, right. and it's depending on however you count them, but it right. strikes me that these appear as goals for the follower of, of God to achieve. But Jesus doesn't seem to give a how-to lesson here. He, he said, "This is what you, this is what you need to be doing. This is how you need to." be acting or how you need to be proceeding through life. It almost seems as if through these statements he's declaring without actually declaring, but he's really showing them how utterly difficult and perhaps even impossible it is for us it is for us to be faithful to God in our own strength and to be counted as one of the blessed ones.
1: Yes, yeah, it's true. And I won't take Chris's thunder but by the end of chapter five, verse forty-eight, he says something like this: "You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect." Now, in context, you have to see all that's being said there, and he will line that up. But certainly, you look at these as goals, or even as I think, in some ways, identifications of certain kinds of people who may feel as though, "Oh man, I, I'm I'm grieving," or "I'm you know mo- I'm, I'm, I'm meek." That's not really valued in this whole economy of the world. And so Jesus, I think, number one, is trying to identify and say, those who may feel like outcasts, outsiders, because they have these kinds of qualities the world does not value, you are valued in the kingdom. And then secondly, to say, hey, do you— who may resonate more with that other list mm-hmm. we had on Sunday. Right. Which I've had several people ask that list via email, Bart. <laughs> and uh, just, just to rehearse that, Something I think. Something to stay away from, right? Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. To be able to recognize, okay, what's the worldly values that we see? It is a call for us and a really uh, humbling call because you recognize mm-hmm. these qualities that he's calling us to are so antithetical to culture. They are. It will not happen apart from the grace of God. So thankful, thankfully... Uh, God's grace abounds to us.
0: Okay, so it's interesting you say that. So my mind goes to where we are right now as a church. We are evaluating uh, candidates for Mm -hmm. elder, candidates for deacon. We're evaluating a senior pastor candidate. And so often... What you, what, what I'm looking for, I'll, I'll talk about me here, not anybody else. What I'm looking for is somebody who is successful in ministry, somebody who is really go gung-ho, wants to, and is portraying that leader, that uh, uh, successful guy. Mm-hmm. That's who I want as my leader. That's who we want. Jesus is poking some holes in that theory.
1: Yeah, he, he is. I, I don't think Jesus is, based on other parts of the gospel, anti uh ambition oh, certainly not that that is that is geared toward the glory of god right but there's a character and a quality to people that i think we overlook at times that jesus says that's precisely the person we'll not name names but we can name people our own staff yeah. we can name elders and deacons who who are meek people which is not a quality often championed in the world, but Jesus says that's part of the kingdom economy, right? Really those, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are, are merciful and peacemakers—that—that that is in God's kingdom of high value. And so, it's—it's it's so important that as we're shaped by so many competing voices in the world that say this is valuable, this is important, this is what sells, this is what will get you places in the world. To really take our time to say, I've got to remind myself what the kingdom of God, that the citizens of this kingdom are meant to be and what Jesus really truly values. It's and so needful.
0: It's needful. And <clears throat> I would suggest that those of us who are more, we'll call it type A, mm-hmm. and I think we, there are two people at microphone today who are that way we need to remember that uh, it's not all about that. We need to really champion, and maybe uh, guys like you and me really need to champion those individuals who are the the folks who are not out in front as much, but who are doing God's work. We really need to champion what they're doing and and praise and encourage them in that.
1: Seeking to serve, not trying to be noticed, but just doing the work faithfully, discipling people, counseling people. Teaching in a quiet kind of way, shepherding well, and and just to recognize because this God is going made on them that way. Yes, yeah. exactly, and it's going on all the time. Amen. And praise God, it is. Amen. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, one can't help but note the direct parallels between the beatitudes and the fruit of the spirit. Oh yeah, Paul mentions yeah. in Galatians chapter five verses twenty two and twenty three. Can you speak to those parallels and their significance?
1: Yeah. So, of course, just to, to get these off here of the spirit in galatians 5 listed as love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control of course some of the very terms of those those fruits we see are exact same words we see here in this list right so yes exactly so we could say the connection is well i talked a lot on sunday about kingdom citizens Mm -hmm. kingdom of god citizens Those who follow Jesus, kingdom of God citizens, have these kinds of attributes. Well, it's the same way of saying uh, Christians are people who are indwelt by the Spirit. So we can say uh, to be a kingdom citizen is to be a Spirit-indwelt person. And so if that's the case, of course, those kingdom citizens would show forth qualities that the Spirit is bringing about in their lives. And so, yes— uh, those qualities, I think, are, are a helpful parallel to remember. That's what we do as citizens of this kingdom. We we live in that way. We are becoming more and more mm-hmm. those kinds of people. Interesting.
0: Can you t- speak to that, uh, indwelt believers? Yeah. We know that on the calendar of events in the New Testament, uh, that came at Pentecost. Mm-hmm. The, Jesus is speaking now to people who have been hearing the message of John the Baptist, repent, and the, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus echoed that. That was some of his first public words, mm-hmm. repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. These were people who were not yet indwelt by the Holy Spirit. True. Can, some people may be saying, well, how did they we, – we know what we have to do. The Holy Spirit in Mm -hmm. us is the only one who can help us to be like what Jesus is calling us to be in chapter 5.
1: Yep. No, it's fair.
0: How were they—what was the dynamic there? How were they to respond
1: to that? Yeah, so I I think even still, Old Testament believers believed by faith. Right. Believers in this era of the Gospels, when Jesus came in his incarnation, are following Jesus by faith. Now, in a place like John 16— Jesus says the Spirit is with you mm-hmm. and will be in you. Mm-hmm. So he's anticipating this time sure. when the Spirit will be indwelling all believers. And, of course, you're right. In this context, he's not yet indwelling. But there does seem to be some indications from John 16 that as they follow Jesus, the Spirit is, is with them in a certain way to bring about these qualities. And, of course, I think Jesus is also anticipating the day of Pentecost, right. and he knows that's coming as well to say this is going to be a reality.
0: Okay. So the the instruction for you and me, who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, if we have believed, uh, you know, we've uh, believed in our heart and confessed with our mouth, mm-hmm. the, the indication to us is that we cannot do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't just say, I'm going to be meek. I'm going to be what Jesus called me to be. Doggone, I'm just gonna work harder to do it.
1: A thousand times yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so Bart, I heard a I heard a sermon this summer uh where the preacher, this this phrase has been in my brain for for months now. The preacher said, I fear that as Christians we are more self-filled than we are spirit filled. Mm. And I heard that and just thought, my that's that's far too true in my own life. I think how often am I pausing to just pray spirit you're indwelling me i pray that you would fill me and just bring about these kinds of qualities because i need you to accomplish this in any measure a lot of days Bart, if i'm I'm really honest i can just go and and try to do those things in my own power which Mm -hmm. how how pathetic is that i mean we we need the spirit to go in those ways so uh years ago i heard an acronym from a well-known preacher pastor uh it was the, the acronym aptat Mm -hmm. a p t a t and it just was admit i'm helpless that was a p was then pray pray okay holy spirit i need you to work in this kind of way like be specific Mm -hmm. what area meekness or gentleness or love and then trust trust in a specific promise or truth in the bible and know okay i'm gonna put faith in this i walk by faith and then a is act live live your life and be loving by God's grace. Mm-hmm. Be meek by God's grace. Demonstrate that in the the rough and tumble of life. Mm-hmm. And then T is when all that happens, you thank. Mm-hmm. You thank God for his grace that he gave you to see that happen.
0: Okay. So I've had questions uh, posed to me. Uh, we're, we're talking about really Ephesians 5.18 as well. Yes. Uh, do not be drunk with wine. wherein is in this excess, the King James says. Yeah. I originally memorized yeah, it. Yeah. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we, you and I have talked about this before, I believe, as we were studying through Ephesians. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, can, can you talk to the—is that a daily thing? Is that a weekly thing? Is that a once—I'm indwelt by the Holy Spirit, so I don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, So, yeah, that. great question. So, indwelling and filling, I think, are different things. Okay. So, you can go to 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 6, and 2 Corinthians 6, all toward the end of those chapters— and you'll see there that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit indwells us. Ephesians 2 says the same kind of thing, Ephesians 2.20. Um, beyond that though, Ephesians 5.18 says be filled with the Spirit. It's a command, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, it's a it's a passive command, be filled. It mm-hmm. doesn't say fill yourself, it says be filled. It's a receiving thing. And and number three, the, the tense that it's in seems to indicate there's gonna be an ongoing sort of reality. So I would say though we are indwelt, most times that language is used to say you are the temple of the Spirit. So honor the Spirit in your body mm-hmm. in the way that you you live your life and obey Him. Mm-hmm. Filling I think is more in, in the book of Acts and Ephesians 5, more in terms of, of ministry, mm-hmm. uh, of genuine uh, living out that fruit that we're talking about. So yes, Bart, we, we need the filling of the Spirit again and again and again. We, we don't have time to go through all of this, <laughs> but we just say with one example, Acts 4, Peter, it says he's filled with the Spirit, and he speaks to this council. Mm. And then uh, they get beat, and they pray as a group, and it says at the end of that, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, Peter's in that group. Yeah. So there you have an example of someone saying he's filled, he gets filled again. Well, why is that? Because we we need this in an ongoing way. And it's, and it's a daily battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. Because
0: there are always things from, the, from our... Uh, our culture that are yep. seeking to fill us, and they do a real good job. Yes, don't so, they? that's why
1: Galatians five says walk according to the flesh, not according to the. I'm sorry, walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh, because that is a daily reality good. for us. Good.
0: Well, Jeremy, I, I really appreciated your. You know, they were really pretty simple comments. I mean, mm-hmm. they are deep, but they were simple. Uh, you are talking about salt and light. Yes. And oh, yeah. You, you essentially shared that Jesus was stating that uh, that a true child of God who is being faithful to God the Father can't help but make a difference. I mean, it's just part and parcel to what has to happen. Yep. When you're salt, you're salty. Yes. When you're light, you shine. Yep. So if I claim Jesus is my Savior, but I don't see that decision changing me and the people around me and the circumstances around me, something is drastically wrong?
1: Yeah. I, th- I think Jesus is trying to get to the heart of that in these these simple statements and then, and then I get to do Matthew 7 in a few weeks here as well, and, and there's several teachings there, broad road, narrow road. Not everyone says, Lord, Lord, truly knows Jesus. House on the sand, house on the rocks. There's several times in this sermon that Jesus is very clear to say, listen, a disciple of mine will look at this way and do these things and have this sort of character. Not perfection, but you recognize when they don't see that, they repent. And they're really seeking to live for the Lord in those kinds of specific ways. So I think here the the intent of this is to state the obvious, to say, of course, you wouldn't be hidden away. Mm-hmm. You'd be a disciple that you shine, you're salty, you're, you're seen by people, by, by your good works. So like, if you live the Beatitudes out, mm-hmm. my, oh, my, you're, you're going to be salt and light in the world. And I think beyond this in Matthew, you're going to speak gospel truth as well as salt and light. So those two facets, I think, the idea of saying um, how to be salt and light in those ways um, by by living a certain way, by saying gospel words, that just is what disciples of Jesus will do. So to your question, if that's not happening, then it's it's hard to— it, dogs do certain things. <laughs> if they don't do those things, say, like, okay, well, maybe that's— is this a dog? If I identify what's going on there, and I think Jesus is trying to say— this just is a statement of what we do as disciples of Jesus.
0: So that person, <clears throat> and there may be somebody listening right now who is saying, I'm just not sure of my salvation. Hmm. I, and, and hmm. people do struggle with this. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. and, and it's not just type A, type B, what it's all kinds of all people. Uh, what that person what does salt and light look at a baseline? I, it's hard to just boil it down to one thing, but can you just speak to that person who's who struggles with that? What I don't know if I'm
1: being salt, I don't know if I'm being light. Yeah, yeah. so I think that the the baseline of being salt and light is, as I live in public, which can be family, that can be your job, that can be your neighborhood, that can be at a restaurant or a store, Mm -hmm. as you live your public life, do you note your responses to life being one of meekness, peacemaking, uh, humility, uh, hungry and thirsting for righteousness Though, do you find those being the baseline sort of responses to life as they occur mm-hmm. when they're not your baseline responses do you do you sense conviction and mm-hmm. then move toward repentance yeah. brother that, that that I feel like is a, a baseline sort of in a, in my heart going toward the manifestation of actions and then to ask the question as well this is Matthew 10 more so but am I am I opening my mouth? When I want to have opportunities to make Christ known, the gospel known. And uh, just even, I maybe mean, it's not a full-fledged wholesale gospel pro- presentation, but just taking chances to pray with people, right. encourage them with gospel truth, and at times, yes, yeah, share the whole gospel. Th- those are ways, I think, to recognize that's baseline. Mm-hmm. We recognize those kinds of qualities would be in us.
0: And those and those next steps <clears throat> excuse me for those, and those next steps who are for people who are desiring to be faithful to God that's true for somebody who's been a believer for 20 30 40 years <clears throat> as well as somebody who is maybe just coming to Christ or maybe investigating what Christ's claims are and how they might apply to their lives
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think that you recognize there's a maturing that goes on over the years of course but all of us continue to repent and continue right. to to move toward God's grace again and again to keep growing in these areas.
0: Good, good. Well, Jeremy, we're moving on into the, we'll call it the second half, the second part of yeah. chapter five this coming week. Help us prepare for next week's study, uh, beginning with verse 17 in chapter five. What are some of the things to which we would be should be paying special attention?
1: Yeah, well, Chris is covering a lot of text this, <laughs> this coming week. And so uh, I, I would encourage you all listening as I encouraged my daughter actually last night during our, our family devout, devotional time, just read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 numerous times over over the next several weeks. So I would say for this week, that's a great prep there to just read those chapters uh, together in that way. Saturday evenings as a family, we always read the texts we preached Good. the night before on Saturday night just to prep our own hearts for what we're going to hear. So I would, I would say maybe do that. Beyond that, you're going to hear a lot of contrasts on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You've heard it said, but I say to you. So Jesus is going to point towards certain kinds of teaching the Jews have received that has become a distortion of what the law actually says, and he's going to bring corrective to say, You've heard this, but I want to tell you this is what's genuinely the true intent and application of these laws from the Old Testament. There's a call to recognize this and believe this and understand this, and it— comes about in a way in which you will live uh, instead of this you'll recognize this, mm. so it will include uh, difficult things about I mean anger and lust and retaliation and loving your enemies on the negative side and trying to think through not this but going toward these things and then of course we'll consider later on the idea of of giving and praying and fasting how all that looks as well in God's economy. But I would say as you think through this, note there are contrasts coming this week. And uh, Jesus wants to make very clear, very clear to us, this is what you're being called to. Mm -hmm. And again, like this past Sunday, to see this is countercultural stuff. When you say love your enemy, I I don't know anybody else in the world, Bart, who's saying love your enemy. I don't (laughs) know about another worldview Another religion who's saying "love your enemy" like this—it's right. unique.
0: And a talk show host doesn't do that. Yeah, too. yeah,
1: exactly. That—that's that's the idea. Like, especially right now, when we're in this. I just talked to a class earlier on about what we call a cancel culture. That—that that there's in no measure, in no way, in our culture right now, a love of enemy. Now on, 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 on the other side, I should say, no measure love of enemy that we're seeing displayed a lot of times in media right, right. now. There again, going back, there are so many people. This is what we got to thank God for. There are so many people who are identifying with Beatitudes and are living these things out. We just don't always see it or hear about it, but I can guarantee you, with all the media noise we hear about, there is a wealth of people who are committed to loving enemies and doing this well, yeah, are which are praise people. God for.
0: Good, good. I can't help
1: but when you're talking about that, <clears throat> a passage that I
0: memorized, oh, golly, 30 years ago, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy of vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Unfortunately, that happens in the church it too does. often. It does. We, we base things on what we think or traditions instead of in God's Word. Colossians 2.8 is where I'm quoting from. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so, very good. Well, once again, it's been a great opportunity to discuss the Word of God with Jeremy Kimball. He's been our guest today on Digging Deeper in Grace. We've been discussing his recent sermon from Chapter 5 of Matthew's Gospel, and we invite you to access that sermon as well as recent podcast episodes by visiting gracecedarville.org on the World Wide Web and clicking Podcast on the Media tab. We also encourage you to share your questions and comments with us each week by emailing them to contact at org. That's contact at org. And please join us next time. We'll be continuing in our study of the book of Matthew. And until then, I'm your host, Bart Sheridan, thanking you for again tuning into this week's episode of Digging Deeper in Grace. Digging Deeper in Grace is a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Visit us online at gracecederville.org and join us next time as we continue our discussion. In the meantime, we invite you to continue digging deeper in grace as you read God's Word.